Hello, and welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. I'm Emily Thompson. And I'm Kathleen Shannon. In this episode of Being Boss, we're chatting with Diodora Lux apparel designer Luis Rayom on what it takes to design and launch a hybrid apparel line that takes women seamlessly from sneakers to stilettos. We're also sharing a live recording from Toronto where we chatted with a panel of inspiring bosses about personal style, entrepreneurship, and more. As always, you can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. So thank you so much for having us. We are so excited to be in Toronto. It has quickly become one of our favorite cities. And we are doing this live podcast recording from the most beautiful place, Love Child Social. It's super like there's a mix of cool, funky chairs and layered rugs. And there's this kind of industrial vibe. And I'm drinking the best coffee ever. And so we're just so excited to be in Toronto with you all face to face. And before we get begin with our panelists, I just want to tell you a little bit more about Being Boss. So Being Boss started whenever Emily and I started having conversations around seven or eight years ago about what it takes to be a creative entrepreneur, because sometimes working for yourself can be lonely whenever you're trying to build up your empire from the ground up all by yourself. And so we have found that connecting with what we call our business besties is one of the best ways to learn more and to stay motivated to do the work. So we started having monthly Skype dates. We live in different locations and we would just get on calls. And at first we were talking about what was working and what wasn't working. We would talk about, you know, systems and processes. And as our relationship developed as business besties, we found that our conversations were getting more vulnerable. We were talking about the struggles and also the little successes. We were even sharing behind the scenes stuff about money And then also talking about life. And the thing that we realized is that work and life cannot be separated. One often affects the other. One day we thought, what if we hit publish on these conversations that we're having? Because so many people are craving that kind of connection and that kind of realness of really what it takes to be in the grind, doing the work, and building your dream. Right. And so Being Boss began as a passion project and has turned into a business for us. It's something that we work at along with our own separate companies. And what we love most about it is how it has cultivated a community of like-minded, creative people, most of which are women, though we definitely have a crowd of men as well. And there are some things that we found to be very in common amongst what we've experienced. Um, the industry leaders and experts that we've interviewed on our podcast, as well as the community that we have attracted. And being boss for us is not just a way to work, but it is a way of life. It's how you show up not only for your job, but for your friends and your family and yourself as well. And one of the things that we are always saying is that being boss is being who you are 100% of the time, and it's making money doing what you love. So again, going at that work-life blend and how those two things connect to each other. 
At Being Boss, we do value grit and perseverance. We also value freedom and versatility. And again, those things infuse themselves not only into what it is that we're showing up to get paid for every day, but how we transition into family and friend time as well. And to tell you the truth, most of us find ourselves in these positions because we want to release expectations and do what we want to with our life and how it is that we get paid. And one of the catalysts that bring us to this place quite often is wearing what it is that we want to wear. That's right. We want to be able to work in our yoga pants. (laughs) So today we're live in Toronto interviewing a panel of badass women I'm about to introduce you to who are hustling it out and repping their own personal style. And we're all doing it to celebrate the launch of Sport Check's new Diodora Luxe Collection. The Diodora Luxe Collection is premium, it's versatile, it's affordable, it's flexible, and we're so grateful to be here celebrating Diodora Luxe. So let's move on to some introductions. First, we have Kelsey Williams. She is a DJ, and you might know her as Killa Kells. And she's not only DJing the hottest events in Toronto, she is committed to using her craft to empower other women to chase their dreams. So DJing has got to be a pretty cool job, Kelsey. How and why did you get into that? Um, yeah, it is, it is really fun. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like I'm really not working, but... Um, why I got into DJing was because I just loved music. So going back to like high school, my friends and I would always go on to LimeWire and kind of compete with each other, trying to see like who would find that gem and kind of put each other onto other songs. So I guess today that would translate into um, SoundCloud, just digging for music all the time. Um, I never played any instruments. I'm not a rapper, singer. So that was my, turntables were my instrument. All right, and then I have to my left here, Karina V, who is a founding trainer at Barry's Boot Camp and co-founder of Fit Escapes and is a yoga tra- or yoga teacher and wellness advocate. She embodies an active day-to-night hustling lifestyle. So Karina, I would like to know how it is that you got into a career of health and wellness. Funny story, actually. I started going to the gym when I was 17, and... I was the only like younger girl that was going to the gym, and it wasn't kind of cool or trendy back then. And I taught myself how to work out. I bought a men's health book, and I taught myself the body, the like the mechanics of working out. And I used to teach my friends how to work out. So I would like hold little boot camps in the park, and they're like, "You should do this. Like this is your calling." And back then, I was like, "There's no way I can make money off this. This is like 12 years ago, <laughs> a long time ago." And so I went to be to school to be a paralegal for four years. So I was working at a law firm, and I hated my life. And sorry, if you're working at a law firm, if you love it, I'm sorry. Um, and then I went to do teacher training on Bali for a month. And I, after that, like, I wasn't the same person. It just changed me, and I quit my full-time job. And, you know, it was a struggle, and there were steps, but it's it was worth it. I'm here now, so... I will say we have interviewed so many creatives who have gone from law or even corporate to just a 180, something creative where they can call the shots on their terms. All right, finally, we have Alexis Hans here, who is the founder of the Stay Stylist blog. 
Alexis understands the importance of personal style and brings her fashion savvy to Canadians as an on-air, online, and editorial expert. <laughs> so, and it's funny because as I'm introducing all of us, I think that we all love doing what we do so much that we're, we can't believe that we're experts in it, um, much less getting to do it for a living. But Alexis, tell us more about the work you do and how you got here. Okay, well, I've always loved fashion, as I'm sure all of us here have. Right now, I'm, I guess I'm known across Canada because I do a lifestyle TV show where I'm a fashion expert on air. Um, and then I work behind the scenes, too. 50% of my job is on air, and 50% is behind the camera where I do photo shoots. So I've actually worked with SportCheck. I don't know if you all know, but I've done a couple campaigns for them because there's different departments, right? Now I'm doing content creation as well, too. But I've just always had a love for fashion. It's cliche, but I'm sure everybody in the room as well, when we were kids, we were putting together our own outfits and making our own clothes in high school um, and it's something probably not everybody knows about me is I actually had my own line okay I wanted to be a designer I wanted to be Gucci <laughs> I told my friends I'm gonna be the next Gucci <laughs> so hello I'm, I'm here <laughs> dream big if you if you are there um, so I just always had a love for fashion had my own label I moved to Montreal right after I took design school just like on a whim didn't even realize that I should have spoke French so it's honestly like trusting your gut and just going for it um, and reaching out. So I reached out to some stores and I got a really cool store called Three Monkeys. If you're familiar with Montreal, it's, I think it's still in Le Cremont Real. It was a really amazing high-end mall. So Dolce & Gabbana was sold upstairs and my little line was sold downstairs, which is so cool. And of course, at that point, I thought I made it as well too. But I've also had a business background. And I wasn't making enough money to live. Design, I think, is so hard. Um, with retail, you need to have a lot of funds to start it. I mean, and just to keep it going. So long story short, I moved to Toronto, mainly because honestly, English and French, I couldn't get the accent down. So I thought, let's move to Toronto. Worked with Erica Larva, who produces all the backstage shows at Fashion Week. So if you want to get into fashion, she was my first um, kind of mentor and still is. I uh, worked with her. She styles her own shows. And that's where we, I found what a stylist is. Because I know everybody here is young, but like 12 years ago, we didn't realize we could style for a living. So when I saw her do it, it really kind of opened my eyes up to the kind of career I wanted. So I just started hustling, never saying no, working for free when I had to, um, taking odd jobs. Uh, you can't just stick to your niche. So I was dressing shows, doing photo shoots, working for other people to do their buys in return, working in the film department. So like, don't get too stuck on what you think you should do and try all those little different aspects. The thing that I love most about interviewing creatives is everyone has my dream job. <laughs> I know. Everyone has my dream job. All right, I want to dig in a little deeper with each of you. So Kelsey, I'd like to begin with you. And talking about your personal style and how it plays into the work that you do. And if you find that how you show up or what you look like in the DJ booth affects how it is that you are working that evening. Yeah, so part of the reason why I got into DJing was just because being at events or even like watching movies and seeing DJs in them, I was always just attracted to that part of the room. Um, whereas like some people would just not pay attention to the DJ at all. So I feel like what I wear definitely plays into, um, or sorry, what I wear draws attention towards me when people walk into the room, they say, oh, like the DJ's wearing like this cool, usually they only could see my top, right? So like if I wear something super structured or colorful, um, that definitely um, plays into my brand. And I feel like it also helps with who you end up working with. So um, how I dress attracts certain people to hire me as well. Are there any female musicians right now that are really inspiring you as far as their style and how they're showing up? Um, 
de- well, obviously Rihanna, but um, <laughs> I definitely feel like Solange inspires me a lot, and especially since I heard that she DJs as well. Um, yeah, probably those two. Oh, and Dua Lipa is okay. really dope. All right, I have to know if you have like a dream outfit or an ideal outfit. For me, I would imagine like a sequin blazer for myself personally. <laughs> but I have to know if you have an ideal outfit and what is it that you're looking for whenever you are picking out an outfit for a DJ um, gig so, that you have? Yeah, my my personal style varies like uh, through a huge spectrum, but I usually really like um structured tops and like I, just off the top of my head I did like a tiff event and I wore this sheer top with like a bra a sports bra underneath it so even the Deodora, um sports bras you can wear that with it and I usually go for now I go for sneakers I've gone through the whole heels thing but I usually go for sneakers and just like comfortable pants sneakers with the platform I don't know about you all, but I like to have a story and a theme behind how I'm getting dressed. And usually it's like post-apocalyptic bohemian. If there's a zombie outbreak, I want to be dressed for the occasion. But also like ready to be on The Walking Dead and someone's filming it. Of course. Okay. And on that note, Karina, how can we train for the zombie apocalypse? That's not really my question. (laughs) You can come to Barry's boot camp. (laughs) So we know that a lot of wellness professionals are so busy taking care of their clients and training their clients and leading classes that it can be hard to prioritize your own time for healthcare and self-care. So how do you do it? I've made the commitment to put myself first. So because this is my job, this is my career, I believe that self-care comes first to me. So I prioritize my workouts, my yoga, my food before I prioritize my clients or my meetings or events. So, yeah. So I make sure I work out six days a week. I uh, lift or do cardio. And then two days a week I do yoga. And I make sure I meditate with the morning ritual every day. All right, tell us a little bit about your morning ritual because I know that all of our listeners love hearing the specifics of how your day begins and how you set it up for success. So I usually start with, so I'll wake up an hour early unless I'm waking up at 6 a.m. to teach classes, but I'll start with a big glass of water and then I'll put Himalayan sea salt in the water and I'll chug it to kind of like hydrate. And then I'll take hot water with lemon, a little bit of cayenne, I'll chug that when it's not hot anymore. <laughs> and I'll do like either the five-minute journal sometimes or a meditation. I just feel like starting the day with meditation makes me feel grounded and a little more clear, especially if I have a lot of stuff going on in my mind that day or if something like a big day is coming up. I think that grounding is really important. Yeah. All right. I have to know if you ever get out of athletic wear. <laughs> Are you wearing athletic wear 24-7? Like 80% of my life. Also, dream job. Yeah. Dream job. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I miss, sometimes I miss wearing like regular people clothes, I call them. <laughs> so it's nice to have clothes where I can wear out and wear my classes, but are also like breathable that I can work out in and go have brunch with my friends or go to a meeting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All sounds dreamy. <laughs> Except maybe for the working out (laughs) all the time. Okay, Alexis, obviously style plays a huge role in the work that you do. What are some style challenges that you are finding professionals facing these days? Well, 
creative professionals for sure, I think, because people that are working the nine to five, they're doing True their that. suits. But now the workplace has totally dramatically changed over the last couple of years. So a lot of people aren't doing the nine to five anymore. Although we're doing feels maybe like the nine to nine, even longer days. But if you have a nine to five, there's a side hustle. So our lives are just, there's so many things going on and we're not necessarily sitting in an office all day. So instead of that, the biggest challenge really that I get from my friends, text messages every morning and from clients is like, where do I find clothing that's going to be versatile enough to take me from, let's say, like I'm at home doing my emails to my yoga class. Then I got to meet my assistant over coffee to like delegate. You might have a client meeting in the afternoon and then there could be an event event and you're not going to change five times a day. Um, and even my corporate friends, they don't change either. It's all about, like we said, from runners to stilettos or something like that. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest challenges, find those clothes. But I think it's obviously easier because designers are listening to us and providing us with amazing options. It's just about maybe educating the, my clients and the people I can about where to find them. And then the second challenge really is like, how do you do casual cool. <laughs> so I think it is easier now because there is sportswear, but there is still that thing like don't wear your yoga pants during the day. So people have to kind of get really get over that. I think if you want to look current, the first thing I tell my clients, if it's on the show for a makeover or something, do you have a runner? Like you have to have a cool white sneaker that makes you really current. So actually having sportswear in your closet mixed with your ready to wear um, makes you current. It makes the casual look cool. All right, I want to talk about, like, making this yoga pants all day thing an acceptable thing. Because in our line of work, we talk to creatives all the time who start feeling a little bogged down and maybe even guilty about the fact that they're not wearing real people clothes ever. But I'm ready for us all to embrace the idea that yoga pants all day long, every single day, are acceptable. I've been doing it myself for a while. I'll get on my Zoom calls and you only see this much of me because I'm totally wearing athletic wear or maybe even PJ pants occasionally underneath. Um, So I know that a lot of people deal with this idea of feeling guilty for not putting on real clothes every day, but I would like to beg to differ and that these feel like real clothes. Yeah, I think it's not even guilt. It's like they don't even know where to start, I guess, is the main thing. Because I think anyone that's in the know already knows, like, it's cool to wear your leggings and runners all day. You can pair it with, like, a leather jacket. But I have a thing where if you're new to it or you're talking to someone that's like, I don't know what to do. So you have your black legging, let's say. So I like to totally reframe that in my mind. So don't think of it as a sportswear. Think of it as a leather legging or a black tailored pant. What would you wear with a black pant? You'd wear a moto jacket, a blazer with it. You'd totally pair these unexpected pieces. So just get rid of the sportswear and just think of it as a black pant and then start styling it with the pieces you already have in your closet. I am in the mall all day. If you see me, say hi. But um, I'm like running around, so I get hot. So I love to wear athletic tops during the day. Um, there's a really cool plum-colored one in the collection. But So I'll wear that. I'll think of it as a T-shirt and wear it with jeans and a denim jacket or a blazer again, too, when I'm in the mall. So it's just kind of rethinking it and making it more of a ready-to-wear that you can go that you can go to. I think that's like key. And honestly, it's cool. If you haven't worn yoga pants all day, you just haven't tried it because they're so comfortable. (laughs) It's true, right? I know, it's so true. And for our listeners that can't see us live here, we are all decked out in the Diodora collection. And Alexis, your reframe really helped me think of my leggings, not just as leggings, but as if, if they were leather pants, how would I wear them? And right now I am wearing kind of a black windbreaker and really thinking of that more as um, a moto jacket and how would I pair that and how would I layer it? Yeah, so what would you do? 
I mean, I think that right now what I might do, and this this might be a little funky, but like what if I paired a blazer on top of it and layered it that way? Or what if I paired it with maybe some cool jewelry? Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got some gold hoops on right now, so this is me trying to elevate it. Do you have any other ideas whenever it comes to accessorizing or any other opportunities that we have whenever it comes to really putting our own signature stamp onto a collection that is versatile enough to accessorize? Well, I'm a big um, believer in a capsule collection. So I don't know if everyone knows exactly what that is, but you want to create a capsule collection for your wardrobe. So that's going to be about like 10 to 15 items, and that's going to take jackets, tops, skirts, everything. Only 10 to 15. Keep it in a neutral color palette so that it lasts you all year. And then every season, you're going to inject your personality in with trendy items. So let's say like leopard print is right now. You can wear like your cool outfit, but maybe a leopard print heel with it or something. So you have that base collection. And then adding accessories is really easy. So you have the windbreaker, and I love that you went really far out with the blazer. I didn't even think of that. Is that a good idea or a bad idea? I think it it could be really cool. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Blazer. Yeah. No one's one's telling me. Okay, I'm getting a few thumbs up. Yeah, I'm all good. Okay, okay. Thank you. But if you want to keep your whole look sportswear and then still be ready to wear because you want to wear a full sports, you can add a cat eye sunglass to what you're wearing already, and that's like something everyone's going to see the minute they see you, and it automatically kind of elevates as well too and same with accessories like I always say don't ask your friends for opinions on accessories because someone told me once that that's the only way you show your personality like that's such an easy way so if you're a statement girl I see a lot of statement necklaces in the audience today if you're more of a delicate subtle kind of chick then you might go a little bit more delicate so like just pick your favorite accessories that really speak to you and like layer them on your sportswear to make it cool Right. I also want to add that Karina here is wearing my new favorite hairstyle as well. Like very minimal jewelry and accessories, but really awesome hair. So doing your hair up right with your athletic wear is solid as well. Well, because I'm, I'm not like a jewelry person. I'm more of a simple like athletic girl. So I think that if I'm wearing a nice athletic outfit, I feel like having a nice hairdo kind of makes it all come together. All right, Karina, where, we were talking earlier about prioritizing um, your own health and wellness. Is there anything that you do to create boundaries around protecting that time? So let's say you time, I'm really big into time blocking my workout and it's my first meeting of the day and my most important meeting of the day and I've made that commitment to myself. But it can be hard whenever a client needs a deadline or needs quick attention. So how do you maintain those boundaries around your priorities whenever it comes to being a busy working professional? To me, having a good day from 1 to 10, 10 is I worked out. So if something had to come up that day in the morning when it was my workout session, I find time, even if it's 20 minutes, even if it's something that makes my heart rate go go up a little bit and then the endorphins are racing, then if it's important to you, you will find a way. That's all I have to say. Yeah, even um, a little bit earlier, we were speaking with someone here in the crowd about finding motivation and really just... The motivation is there. If you're asking, how do I find motivation to do this thing that I want? You already want to do it. Sometimes it's really just about finding the time. And what I've learned is that we can get so much more done in a short amount of time than we think we can. So if you want to start a blog, if you want to start a YouTube channel, really just take 15 minutes, set a timer, and work on it for that amount of time. And I think the same can be true for movement. We did a warm-up with Karina before we started the podcast episode 
It was literally five breaths of meditation, and I felt so much more grounded after that. There's actually, I read a study that says if you do only six deep breaths a day, so like the deep ones I did today, so four inhales, six in- exhales, six breaths a day, it actually helps to reduce your stress by 50%. So that's all it takes. That literally takes 30 seconds. So if you can try to incorporate that routine into your life, I mean, you can be less stressed, more <laughs> yeah. grounded. <laughs> Right? That's a good goal to have. Good goal to have. I love it. Style, movement, meditation, inspiration, these are all things that we talk about all the time here at Being Boss. So it wasn't a surprise when these were also main points made with our panelists in Toronto. And they're common themes that thread themselves through a conversation we had with Luis Rayom too, the apparel designer responsible for the Diodora Luxe collection. We had a chance to sit down with Louise after the Toronto event to talk more about designing this line, including her inspiration and motivations to create solutions for bosses who need to go from that yoga studio to a conference room. Louise, we are so excited to be chatting with you about this collection, and I'm so curious, what inspired you to create and design this Diodora Luxe hybrid collection? Well, it was not just one thing, it was many things, but it it really kind of started with the fact that I travel a lot for work, and I always have an excuse not to put my workout gear in my bag because it doesn't fit. I have too many other things. It's the first thing to go when I, when I pack my bag because I'm lazy. And uh, so you need your wardrobe to do more so often when you're traveling, when you're working, um, and, and, and trying to have a social life at the same time. And I just found that a lot of the, uh, pieces that I had that were comfortable were either they were sloppy, they weren't dressy enough, or they were too technical looking to work with what was in my suitcase. So that's really where it began. And I work with so many women that are very, very active, more active than me. I call them workout Wendy's. But they're very, very stylish. And sometimes they would say how they they feel kind of not feminine in some of the things that they were wearing or they don't want to look like they've been at the gym. So it was really just listening to a lot of women around me and on a very selfish level was doing it for me. And I'm a fabric junkie. So as I'm going all these fabric shows and seeing all these cool innovations and performance fabrics, I just couldn't understand why there was, there were things out there, but they either were very expensive um, or they looked very technical. So, and there's just no reason for that anymore. I agree with all of that. Of course. I think that I think that you going at this collection with such a personal drive, I think is one of the things that's made it so awesome. It wasn't you you weren't someone who was just assigned with this thing that was completely unrelated to you and you just solved a problem that you didn't that you didn't yourself had, but you were solving a problem for yourself. So I, I want to talk about this problems for a second. Um very specifically, what purpose were you uh trying to serve with creating this line and maybe even a flip side of that is what problem specifically were you trying to solve? Well, again, it's, it was kind of personal. Um, I feel that often because I'm not as fit as a lot of other people around me, I like working out, but I got a little fat over the years and I'm <laughs> fit because my 
busy lifestyle. I'm the first person to make excuses for everything when it comes to that. So, but what happens then when I do get motivated to go work out, I feel kind of gross or I feel kind of self-conscious sometimes with the workout wear because it's either more junior fitting um, or it's, or it's a little skimpy. Maybe it's not modest enough for me. And as well, I just felt that the stuff that appealed to me, and I love luxury, I'm, I'm, I'm brand crazy, so I, I felt that a lot of the, the great things that were out there um, were either a bit expensive, um, if they were my taste, and, or they just weren't fitting me, or, or again, being able to fit with all the other, my blazer and my heels and everything that had to go in my, in my bag all the time. So on a very selfish note, I was really crazy about the fit of everything you know there's no reason why whether you're really fit or you've or you've got a you know a mom bump <laughs> that you can't feel really great when you go to the gym you shouldn't have to feel that you have to wear spanks to go to the gym you should have something still that's lightweight and super comfortable and doesn't have muffin top and and as you go up and down and weight these things are kind of working with you so you need fabrics that have a lot of lycra or a lot of spandex in them. And, and so that's why I chose a lot of things that have double the amount of spandex that a lot of, uh, like even underwear lines have that. If you ever look and you go to a, um, a store that has lots of uh, undergarments uh, like Spanx, look at the huge amount of lycra that you have in them. There's a reason for that. The problem is those things are very compressive. So um, yes, a lot of it was on a very selfish level that I wanted things to perform at the same time I wanted to look good and not feel ridiculous. And I found that so many other women I were talking to, even if they have beautiful bodies, they're self-conscious. They still need to feel held in without the lumps and the bumps and everything that goes along with it. Um, fit was a big thing and, and comfort and finding things that don't just fit my body because we all have in our own minds weird bodies. So just finding a fit and silhouettes and style that we're gonna work, appeal to not just the millennials, but a broad spectrum of women who wanna spend that money. I have to share that I am a total gym rat. I go to the gym every morning and I'm very particular about what I'm wearing to the gym, mostly because of all the things that you said. Like I need to feel good and it has become such a part of my lifestyle that it has become a bulk of my wardrobe. And one thing that I love about the Diodora Lux collection is that you also designed it, what was the word that you said, like from sneakers to stilettos. And as a creative, on, yes, and like as a creative entrepreneur, who lives this kind of active lifestyle. And not only am I going to the gym, I might come home and write for two hours and then I might go for a walk around the neighborhood and then I'm coming back to go into a meeting or a podcast recording. And what I like about this collection is that I really have found that I can go straight from the gym to my desk and still feel somewhat professional by layering in other pieces that feel, you know, at least on Skype, like I can throw a cardigan or a blazer over what I'm wearing and also not feel silly like I'm throwing a blazer on top of like the gross shirt that I just worked out in. Like it's uh, the fabrics are really moisture wicking and um, feminine. And I just love that about this collection too, is that it really fits our lifestyle. And this is something Emily and I have been talking about that we were so impressed by with this collection is that 
that you designed it for us. Like you designed it for the person who is not just going to the nine to five job and has all these defined boundaries around their work day and their workout time. Like it's all mixed together. Well, and and just to add to that too, like I think we are, we're working harder. We're working out harder. We're doing more. We're expected to do more. And so why we need more comfort. We need things that comfort us and make us feel good and feel like we have a best friend. Like my cashmere sweater is my best friend. (laughs) So I, and we all, as we get older too, we feel like we deserve more and we, we all want luxury. We, there's no reason why we can't feel like we have a little taste of luxury every now and then. Um, without having to spend a huge amount of money because our dollars, I, I also think we're being more wise with our spend as, as we get a little older. So we expect more from everything we do, whether it's the car that we drive or the house that we buy or the clothing that we wear. We just, we expect and we deserve more. So I liked, I liked the idea of not just having a beautiful, versatile line. I wanted something that you actually have almost like an emotional connection to, uh, like when you put on your favorite pair of jeans or that favorite cashmere sweater, something that just is your go-to piece all the time that you can count on. Um, so uh, that that was really, again, on a very selfish note. <laughs> I'm I'm addicted to luxury, but it's a they call it afflux in the in the apparel in the trend world. They call it afflux, which is affordable luxury. So you've heard of athleisure. There's, and they call it athleisure. This is like aflux. So this is, this is really not just me. There is a whole movement going on right now, especially if you read a lot of trend reports with, uh, with the millennial crowd, that they want a lot of luxury goods, but they can't necessarily afford it. So this is why I feel like the line is addressing a wide, wide array of women and a wide array of, of ages. We all deserve a little luxury. So apart from creating something that is affordable and luxurious and something that you want to become people's best best clothing friends, which I totally agree with. I have several pieces that I'm maybe a little too emotionally attached to. Um, what was the most challenging part of designing this collection? You know, truthfully, so I had this idea years ago. And in my industry, it's really tough when you have these amazing competitors out there, the Lululemons and the Nikes and the, these machines. And we've been so brand-driven about these, these brands, and they're all great within their own right. Um, so to convince people that we could have something that could stand up to the coolness of these brands, the cool factor – could perform and function without a million dollar R&D budget to convince um, layers around me that we could really do something with a point of difference for a brand that's relatively unknown. Even though Diodora is is a global brand and a very elite brand, especially in Europe, there's not a high level of recognition here in Canada, even though we're, we're in 200 stores. But we've been very driven as an organization towards these big brands. So to get a space on those in those pod in that store, it's you have to really you really have to beg. <laughs> but what what was great about our company at Sportcheck is that we're a big believer in owned brand, 
especially in the last few years. A lot of the big uh, sportswear retailers are starting to look at own brand uh, because they realize that as they go up against maybe Nike who's in the same mall and they're, and they're doing more and more direct to consumer and maybe some people are getting a little tired of the big brands. Women care more and more about style and function and comfort more than they do about brand. That's a trend that I'm really, really happy to see. And if anything, they're looking for the newest, latest, greatest brand that maybe nobody else has. So uh, it finally, I think it just kind of came my time after years of begging. <laughs> and actually, I kind of given up. It's kind of like when you're, you know, you're looking to meet somebody and you wait and you wait and you never meet anybody because you're always looking for somebody. Well, I finally gave up. <laughs> and so when you give up, it comes your way. <laughs> So about uh, 18 months ago, um, this brilliant woman, Christina, who's now my boss, she's our AVP of Soft Goods, uh, just a brilliant visionary and sees five steps ahead of everyone. She came to me and, and I'd worked with her for years and she knew I wanted to do something like this. And she said, you know what, Louise, I love the concept. I know you've been wanting to do it, but we need to also make sure it's very affordable because it's getting really competitive out there. Do you think you can do what we talked about and maybe just bring down the pricing a little bit? And, uh, and so that's really where it all began. Yeah, so speaking of where it all began, I would love to hear what your creative process is like whenever it comes to designing this. And so for me as a print designer, you know, if I had to like create an affordable let's say annual report, I might start with the paper first, like, and back my way into it or the quantity first. So what was your creative process in creating a luxury yet affordable line of, you know, hybrid apparel? Um, well, it was not really a lot different than when I've worked on other collections. It, you know, I, I gather images from a lot of the brands that are, that inspire me, and, and there's so many of them, and and not necessarily even expensive brands. Sometimes I just I collect tears all the time of things that I love, whether it's a button or a fabric, or maybe I saw something you know from Carbon Thirty Eight, or and it's just really really a cool jacket or something. So I'm I'm a collector of images and. I also travel a lot for my job, and I, I work with a lot of fabric mills and go to a lot of shows. Um, so I'll be like, an, I'm like an episode of Hoarders. I have a lot of these things in my office. It's my dirty little secret. And uh, so really, I, I took all my tears, and I took all of my fabrics, and I just sat down and started mapping things out and trying to match them together. Like, it really starts with fabric for me. I feel that that's the most important design element, and that's also how the, the designers get inspired. Things have to flow and cut well and drape, and, and they have to stretch, especially in athletic apparel. And, and it needs a functionality, whether it's water-resistant, moisture-wicking, etc. So the fabrics really, I would literally lay out all of my fabrics and all of my tears, and then I made sure I, I gathered a, a really wide variety of women in the company, from designers to buyers, the girls that work out in our studio here. Um, I have friends, like I said, that are workout maniacs and, and very, very busy ladies. So I really tried to get a, a good spectrum of women to come and look at all of this and tell me what they liked and what they didn't like. Um, so after working with them, really, it was just a question of 
working with the design team and, and went to China and uh, worked with some of my most trusted vendors. Um, and, and that's really kind of where it all began. And, and of course, benchmarking myself against um, certain other own brands and high-end brands to figure out where my competitive advantage was. And it wasn't, wasn't really that hard because a lot of the big brands um, spend millions of dollars on really sexy advertising. So we're not paying millions of dollars for an athlete to rep our line. We wanted real women who were making contributions to society. We want women around us. We used that in our ad campaign, and of course you met some of them at the event. So we have these fantastic women who are not charging $10,000 a day. <laughs> and that, that money goes back into the product. What people don't realize is that by, by not doing aggressive marketing, um, and it, it helps us put all of that margin back into the product. And speaking of putting that back into the product, how can you see this line evolving? Well, I have lots of plans. We have, uh, most immediate, we have a beautiful luxe underwear line coming out in the middle of November. It's a line of invisible, so to wear with your athletic apparel. And uh, so and it has really the same design language as our apparel, so we've made sure those collections speak to one another. We have a luxe footwear collection, a small capsule coming out in late spring. And again, it all has a low-vis branding strategy. It's all meant to work with a very uh, uh, neutral color palette or what we call the new neutrals, which are softer colors. And I'm working on Fall 19 right now, and uh, one of my goals is certainly to continue to look at sustainable fabrics. I'm looking at everything from fibers made from milk and aloe and coffee beans. I'm also trying to look at all of our processes on how we manufacture so that we are, uh, you know, having a, a more green approach to our line. And at the same time, of course, keeping it affordable. Affordable luxury, green practices, versatile style. We won't keep it a secret that Kathleen and I loved working and hanging out with the teams responsible for this event and wrapping a line with all the benchmarks that we stand behind. Now let's head back to the main event to talk more with our panelists. All right, so talking about like how to get there, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about success, and especially you, Kelsey, because I feel like DJing is like one of the coolest things. And it's not one, I would imagine, where there's tons of people in front of you who have simply laid out a path to success. So for you, I want to talk about success and at what point you felt there was a or. Where was there a turning point for your success? Um, or was there anything along the way that really like boosted your confidence and made you feel like you'd done it? Yeah. Um, I don't think there's one specific um, event or um, thing that happened where I, I really feel like I made it because I feel like I'm still gradually growing. But I love when people come up to me and say, you know, I love that song that you played or you really brought me back to a time I haven't heard this song in so long or, you know, any any kind of compliment to to my work and the reason why I came there, that really boosts my confidence and it makes me feel like a lost step. 
I feel like we're constantly looking at other people's highlight reels on Instagram, and we're always hustling for more likes. And as type A creatives, probably always raising the bar on ourselves. And I love hearing you say that the reward is in connecting with one person. And we have found that to be true in our businesses as well, is that it's not always about the likes. It's not always about what looks cool on Instagram, but it's really just about making an impact in one person's life. I think that's really special. And then also not being able to think of one specific moment I think it's true for so many creatives, and this is something that we're not talking about because I think that we all assume that there is this rocket fuel moment, like landing on Oprah's favorite things, right, where you're just going to be launched into success. And the truth is, is that it's just about taking small steps every single day, looking up 10 years later and feeling like an overnight success, but 10 years later, right? Um, so I just think it's so cool that you're showing up and doing the work. Mm-hmm. Right. I think there's also something to be said there around it is just sort of the everyday that can be the reward that you're and it should be. That's exactly how we should all be thinking about it is it is the everyday that is re- that is the reward for the hard work that we're doing. I recently saw a quote painted very large on a wall that said the pursuit is happiness and so it's not about the ha- the pursuit of happiness. It is the pursuit is happiness. This idea that it is the constant work, the constant hustle that you have to find fulfilling because there will be no end point. Uh, the end point is just going to be a sad day. <laughs> so you have to enjoy every day along the way. So, um, so I agree with that. I think that it's important to have that mindset around the work that we're doing and the hustle that we have. The hustle is the reward. All right, I want to ask anyone who wants to answer, is there anyone that you look up to that you really admire whenever it comes to their personal style and their work ethic and how they're showing up as a boss? Well, I've been lucky to work with like really amazing women, I would have to say. So not necessarily in one style or anything, but work ethic for sure. but the main show, Marilyn Dennis, that I do, she's like a powerhouse. And when you're a stylist, what's so cool about it is you're kind of in the room for like very cool conversations that maybe you shouldn't be in the room for. <laughs> so you get to just soak everything up. Um, so I got to say, she's one for sure. I mean, there's tons of people. Eric Larva, who does the fashion show production, Mark Events Group, um, is another woman that's like amazing style. And just the way they treat everybody is another thing that I look up to. Um, I'll just steal stuff from Marilyn, but she has a quote that's like, be nice in the hallways. And what that means is like, literally be nice to everybody you meet. So when you're walking down, you don't know if they're working on cleaning the establishment or they could be the boss. It's just treat everybody with respect. So I take that. Um, so those three. And then the last one, when I really started my career, Robin Kay, who used to run the Fashion Design Council of Canada, holy amazing woman um the most creative person i've actually ever met so just learning learning from her too but just soaking in when you're around strong powerful women like don't just look at their style or what they're doing but just like soak up how they're treating people you know every aspect of their life how they're running their businesses I want to give a shout out to Louise, who Diodora Lux is her baby, and she really created this collection. And we were just talking earlier about how sometimes you have to prioritize your career, and then other times you have to prioritize your life. And just hearing from someone who's so successful and making such cool stuff that that there is that balance to be struck and that it's not always easy was super inspiring. 
do Karina or Kelsey, do you all have anyone that you're admiring right now? Um, I never, like, I never have favorites, which I guess by my answers you could tell, but, um, yeah. Are I you just, a middle child? Yes, I am. I am too. Yes. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh my gosh. You middle children never have favorites. You yes. want everyone to feel included and. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I don't know. I draw inspiration from, I guess, most, most of the time the people that I interact with. So I could interact with somebody for like two seconds, you know, ordering a coffee and I'll like something that they're wearing or, um, my friends, like seeing them work. Like I actually get, I actually know them. So knowing the obstacles that they overcome and stuff like that, that's where I draw my inspiration from. Hanging all day with cool creatives, sharing live to a crowd of movers and shakers, all while wearing yoga pants and comfy hoodies is definitely a dream job for me, Kathleen, and everyone in that room. And as always, it was a fresh reminder that just because we all do different things, we create in different ways and are all working towards different goals, we all have the same struggles. We want to find a healthy work-life blend, we want to love the work that we do, and we want to look and feel good while doing it. You can find the Canadian-designed apparel line Diodora Lux at sportcheck.ca and sportcheck stores across Canada. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. If you're looking for more help in being boss of your work and life, come check out our website where you can find episode show notes, browse our archives, and access free resources like worksheets, trainings, quizzes, and more. It's all at www.beingboss.club. Do the work, be boss.